Hello, and welcome to the SWIB podcast, where members of the Wisconsin Retirement System can turn for timely information on the investments that help fund the state's pension system. I'm Chris Preisler, Communications Specialist for the State of Wisconsin Investment Board, or SWIB. And I'm Dusty Weiss, producer of the podcast. This year, the State of Wisconsin Investment Board is celebrating 70 years of service to the state of Wisconsin. A lot has changed over the past 70 years. In 1951, music lovers were listening to chart-topping hits from Tony Bennett, Harry Como, and Nat King Cole. The President of the United States was Harry S. Truman. The best-selling book was The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. For the first time, direct-dial coast-to-coast telephone service was available, and the average price of a new home was just $9,000. While our world has and continues to change, one thing that has remained a constant is the State of Wisconsin Investment Board's commitment to helping provide retirement security for hundreds of thousands of current and former state and local government employees and their families who rely on the Wisconsin retirement system. Since its creation in 1951, SWIB has grown into a premier asset manager recognized around the world for its innovation and success, strong leadership, dedicated staff, and a forward-thinking culture. Today, we're going to talk with Rochelle Klaskin, SWIB's Deputy Executive Director and Chief Administrative Officer, and look back at how a unique partnership led to the creation of SWIB. And with the help of government leaders and system participants, SWIB has, over the past seven decades, met the challenges posed by a vastly changing investment industry to keep the WRS among the only fully funded public pension systems in the country. We'll also look ahead at what the future and the next 70 years might hold for SWIB. The SWIB podcast is a regular opportunity for you to learn more about the people and funds that comprise the Wisconsin retirement system. Please make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Share this podcast with your fellow WRS members and leave a review on iTunes so it's easier for other members to find this show. Rochelle Klaskin, welcome back to the SWIB podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today to talk about SWIB's anniversary. Happy to be back, Chris. Let's jump right into the story about how SWIB came to be. The state's history of public pensions dates all the way back to 1891 when Wisconsin's first public employee pension was established for Milwaukee police and firefighters. In 1921, a retirement system was created for teachers and the annuity board was established to invest the public pension funds. A mandatory pension fund for state employees was established in 1935, and a retirement system for state and local government employees was created in 1943. But in the early 1950s, Wisconsin leaders could see a change was needed in how the state was managing those pension funds, which were only being invested in bonds and mortgages. They created SWIB and decided to take an uncommon approach to managing state money. But getting to the point of actually creating SWIB is really interesting because it was spearheaded by an unconventional alliance that included public policymakers and union officials. It really was an unconventional alliance and really a different approach to manage state money, including public pension plans. So public policymakers could see that the state's uninvested cash balances were sitting in their bank accounts earning zero, sitting there idle. And union officials at the same time were concerned about the diminishing value of contributions made to public worker pensions. So in the end, they knew they had to come together to find a solution that would hopefully address both of their concerns. Now, prior to SWIB's creation, 
monies that the state collected from taxes, other revenue sources, were placed in non-interest earning accounts. So we all know that issue today, right? Our savings accounts aren't earning very much. Well, these were actually earning zero. So by the late 1940s, the surplus in the state's operating fund had accumulated to over $30 million. So let me put that into today's dollars, over $457 million, sitting there earning no interest. The governor at the time, Oscar Rennenbaum, and the state treasurer were concerned that that money was sitting there idle. So they asked a professor from the University of Wisconsin-Madison to research the issue and see if there were ways that the state could begin to earn interest on that money. And at the same time, they appointed an attorney, John Lobb, who interestingly became one of the first employees at SWIB, to sift through that research and then make a recommendation on how to best remedy the problem. Now, Governor Rennebaum chose not to run for re-election in 1950, but before his term ended, that attorney, Lobb, and his associates had completed the study, sifted through all the research, and determined to make a recommendation that would create SWIB to manage and invest both the cash balances for the state and also the money for the public employee pension retirement funds. So, Rochelle, John Lobb is credited with conceiving the idea of creating SWIB, securing support for the proposal from the incoming governor, Governor Kohler, and organizing labor that represented state, local, and municipal employees, and then marshalling the idea through the legislative process. Is that right? That is correct. That was John Lobb's doing. And soon after Governor Kohler took office, Lobb contacted Roy Cabista, who represented the Wisconsin State Employees Association, and John Lawton, who represented municipal and local employees to secure both of their support. So Lobb knew he was going to have to have both of those guys in cooperation if the legislation was going to move forward. So Roy and John supported the proposal because they were both also concerned about the diminishing value of the contributions made by public employees across the state to those pension funds. And they recognized that you needed to invest those funds differently to guard against deflation and not have their values eroded. And SWIB's mission was to invest those funds in a way that would benefit the entire state for future generations. What they created has really fulfilled that mission and then some, hasn't it? Yes, the mission was to make sure that those balances continue to grow and earn more money over time. And so that mission has definitely been fulfilled. You know, SWIB was created to address that growing concern about all of the things necessary to make sure you had a long sustaining plan. You know, simply just creating a state agency to oversee the funds wasn't going to be the answer. More needed to be done. So to address those concerns, they wanted to have SWIB invest in common stocks as a type of investment for the retirement system. So with that, it wasn't going to be just the same old state agency. It was going to be something new. In that regard, SWIB was really the work of visionaries who wanted to help ensure a strong financial future for those beneficiaries. It was about smartly investing the state funds and bettering the lives of all Wisconsinites. But they probably never imagined SWIB as we know it today. I mean, John and Roy might be surprised to see how their idea for a state agency that basically just invested in stocks and bonds, which was at the time a bold new approach to investing public funds, 
but that it grew from three employees and $347 million in assets under management in 1951 into the sophisticated and diversified asset manager that SWIB has become today with over 250 employees and more than $144 billion in assets under management. And those assets are invested in every major asset class and every sub-asset class. So it's really a diverse and robust portfolio. Now, what's really impressive is that their original idea of SWIB was revolutionary for the time, but it was also simplistic because it basically provided what was needed to be successful to solve for a very particular problem. That was money not growing at an increased enough rate. So with that as the cornerstone, SWIB was always looking forward growing, changing over time to ensure that it could deliver on its mission into the future. So let's go back to the legislative origins of SWIB. In 1951, members of the Joint Finance Committee of the state legislature entertained the question of whether state funds should be invested in common stocks. It was not an issue without controversy and as some considered the stock investments to be too risky. Right. Investing in stocks was certainly a hot topic at the time and definitely led to debate about whether it was the best strategy. Now, Roy, who I mentioned earlier, he was a proponent of including stocks in the investment strategy. So during a legislative hearing, he said, while state employees had contributed good dollars, and those are in quotes, good dollars to their retirement system, they're now receiving pensions based on a dollar that is worth really only half of what they contributed. So he was really concerned about inflation. Roy was one of a small group of state leaders who really wanted to make sure to create SWIB and allow it to take a different approach to investing state money. So after a three-hour debate, SWIB was created and given the authority to invest in common stock. Now, it took a great deal of effort and cooperation to make it happen, but in the end, Wisconsin's efforts were recognized throughout the nation as both progressive and innovative. But Roy didn't stop with just working to create SWIB and champion a new way to invest state funds. He was always looking to be innovative with the state's pension plans. He realized the individual state pension plans could be stronger and more sustainable over time if they were consolidated into a single system. And that's why he's often considered the father of the WRS, which was officially created in 1982. And because of that consolidation and that visionary work of Roy, the WRS is among the best funded and best managed public pension systems in the investment industry. In fact, the WRS is one of the top 10 largest public pension funds in the country and among the 30 largest public or private pensions in the world. So he's the father of the WRS. But what else do we know about Roy, Rochelle? Well, interestingly, he was never a public employee but he spent a lifetime working for retirement security and improving the benefits for public employees. For 67 years, he was a champion of public workers and the pension system and really had a hand in every improvement until his death in 2001. I think it really does say a lot that although he wasn't a public employee, he recognized that the WRS would be an asset not just for the system's beneficiaries and their families, but for the entire state. And I say the entire state because a well-funded and well-managed retirement plan is not only good for employees, it's also good for the entire state of Wisconsin. 
innovative. That's a word that really defines SWIB today. SWIB has long been recognized for its innovation, so it's not surprising that throughout the course of its 70-year history, SWIB has been an investment manager that other public pension funds have held up as a model. Innovation has always been critical to SWIB's success, and it's one of our five core values. Since the beginning, SWIB has been a leader in so many areas. In addition to implementing the new strategy that allowed them to invest in common stocks, that was just the first of many firsts. In 1965, SWIB became one of the first public pension plans to include private placements, which offered loans at market rates to companies in Wisconsin and nationwide. In 1985, it was one of the first public pensions to invest in private equity markets. Now, as the world economy changed, so did SWIB, so we began investing in global markets. In the mid-1990s, SWIB then started investing in emerging markets. And by 1999, it was a new venture capital program focused on Wisconsin and the Midwest. And to this day, we continue to implement new investment strategies that include leverage, hedge funds, other investment tools, strategies, and instruments to make sure we continue to innovate. The idea that you would just stay the same is not really what SWIB is all about. SWIB continues innovating for the future. Just over the past year, we launched an internal alternative fixed income strategy targeting less efficient segments of the market. We also partnered three North American public pension plans to create something called the Global Peer Financing Association, which is a new nonprofit investment group focused on peer-to-peer securities financing opportunities, a way to sort of cut out the middleman. And we continue building out the infrastructure and technology to support new strategies. So over its history, as the assets continue to grow and the investment industry and the world continues to change, SWIB has always been positioning itself for the future, finding more innovative ways to invest the public pension funds and help secure the financial futures of the people who rely on the WRS. But Rochelle, innovative investment strategies are only as good as the people who manage those strategies. Policymakers who understood the importance of attracting the right talent provided the flexibility that allowed SWIB to seek the resources needed to succeed in a changing industry environment. SWIB's independent board of trustees really did set out on a mission to transform the agency into a premier asset management firm. At the time, in 2006, we were managing about 21% of the trust funds internally. And the goal was to grow our internal management program because managing more of the trust funds in-house gave us more control over those investments and could be done at a considerable cost savings for the WRS. And part of that transformation was hiring David Villa to be SWIB's chief investment officer. David was a visionary leader and innovation, I think was his middle name. He was a devoted public servant who worked tirelessly his entire life until his untimely passing in February. He worked to build an organization committed to its mission and committed to building the retirement security of all of the WRS beneficiaries. David worked to expand SWIB's statutory investment authority, diversify its holding into new asset classes, and develop the capability for SWIB to manage assets in-house. And under David's leadership, SWIB grew its internal management from 21% of assets to over 50% today. 
And Rochelle, that work that David started in 2006 and that SWIB staff is carrying on today really has had a significant impact on the WRS, right? That is correct. SWIB's investment earnings and cost optimization strategies have helped the WRS to remain one of the best funded public pension systems in the entire country. The WRS is currently funded at 105% which tops the list of public pension plans. And that's due in part to SWIB being able to generate $1.9 billion of net outperformance after all costs over the last five years. And that is important because approximately 80% of the money needed to fund the WRS comes from the investment earnings generated by SWIB. And that compares to about 60% across the nation. SWIB's growth as an investment management leader has meant growth as an organization as well. As the investment strategy has become more complex, SWIB has had to adapt as an organization to ensure its continued success. We've definitely been more strategic about how we use and implement technology to build a solid foundation here at SWIB. Over time, all areas have needed to evolve and grow to ensure that we can fully support the investment strategies we've implemented in-house. We can't continue to innovate against the fast-changing financial markets unless we're also investing in the people, technology, and the infrastructure necessary to support the complexity and sophisticated investment strategies at SWIFT. To a certain extent, being in the Midwest means that SWIB has flown under the radar relative to some of its peers, but particularly in the last several years, the work SWIB has done has caught the eye of the investment world. Well, we have won a few awards in the last five years, and excellence is one of our core values as well. We don't do what we do for the attention, but it's certainly nice to have our peers and the investment industry sit up and take notice of the work we're doing. For a long time, Wisconsin has been well known for its risk-sharing pension program that is fully funded. But recently, our staff have also been recognized as industry leaders. Now, just this last September, we won Team of the Year, an award handed out by an industry publication called The Institutional Investor. Now, this is the second time in the past five years we've won this award. In 2020, SWIB staff was recognized for their dedication, diligence, and fortitude during what everybody knows was a really challenging year. But despite those challenges, we navigated the markets to produce the most value added to the WRS in more than a decade. Now, when we won in 2017, we were recognized as a home to top talent in American public fund investing. And those awards are not all. This past September, we also accepted the award for Partnership of the Year. And that was on behalf of that organization I was telling you about earlier, the Global Peer Financing Association. So really innovative way to think about securities financing. In 2018, SWIB was honored with another award for Change Maker of the Year for the work done to generate returns above the market through its active management strategies. And in 2019, SWIB's Independent Board of Trustees was awarded Board of the Year for its role in SWIB's ability to successfully manage the WRS. In this case, the board was recognized for its continued commitment to a strong governance structure, active internal management, and a sophisticated investment strategy, and making sure that SWIB had the resources to hire the staff needed to build out the technology, to hire top professionals, and to manage the trust funds. So just as there were visionaries back in 1951 that created SWIB, 
There continue to be visionaries today that are working to make sure that SWIB adapts and carries out its mission now and into the future. The most critical element to everything we have done over the past 70 years and the excellence that has been recognized in awards like these is a strong leadership and talented people that make it all happen. You know, it is amazing how far SWIB has come over the last 70 years. What are your thoughts when you look back at that really rich history, Rochelle? The journey that started 70 years ago has really endured and even flourished. And even though I won't be here for the next 70 years, I can assure you that SWIB will be. Our success requires constantly improving to keep pace with rampant change in the economy, in the world, and in the investment industry. Being a leader today is no easier than it was 70 years ago. However, the more things change, you know, the more they stay the same. One thing that has remained constant over the years is SWIB's commitment to delivering on its mission and our promise to the WRS. That is one thing that will never change. Chris and Dusty, thank you so much for allowing me to reflect on SWIB's anniversary. It's really been fun to think about where we've been, where we are today, and where we're going. And I'm confident that the next 70 years is going to be just as exciting. So truly, a really happy anniversary to SWIB. Rochelle Klaskin, SWIB's Deputy Executive Director and Chief Administrative Officer. Rochelle, thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to talk to us about the history of SWIB. And thank you for listening. The SWIB Podcast is brought to you by the State of Wisconsin Investment Board and produced by PodCamp Media. Branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com with production oversight by Larry Kilgore III. So thanks again for listening. I'm Chris Preisler. And I'm Dusty Weiss.